What's up, what's up, what's up, you guys? It's your girl, Rachel Joy, a.k.a. The Singing Chef, and this is the season finale of the Chef Diaries podcast, season one. So throughout this season, you know, we are wrapping it up, um, but we've talked about so many things. We've talked about, you know, chef chef femininity, um, how to maintain your femininity while uh, embodying or, or, or... um, battling, you know, for your rights in a male-dominated field and a male-glorified field. Um, we've talked about how uh, my story of how um, becoming a chef got me out of poverty. Um, we've talked about uh, different things. We've talked about, uh, let me see what else we talked about. We talked about uh, chef, uh, the Iron Chef fiasco um, and how chefs have been um, affected in the recession. Um, even at the Iron Chef level, all the way down to the regular everyday small business chef level, um, how we've all been affected and how we're all bouncing back from the recession. Um, we've talked about uh, tax breaks that you can take, um, tax strategies you can take with being a chef. We've talked about a lot. <laughs> we've talked about a lot. And it was a split decision last minute because I was going to discuss uh pretty much more like culinary medicine and, uh, and culinary science, um, for this, for this final episode of the season. Um, and if you guys don't know, the show is recorded and published between October through May. So I'm a tiny one. I'm somewhat late. I don't say tiny bit late. I'm somewhat late putting this episode out. It is May 31st. It should have been out like May 16th. Well, I'm saying May 16th. That was my birthday. Um, and by the way, I turned 29. <laughs> I turned 29 on May 16th. So happy birthday to me. And um, I was not about to record on my birthday. And that whole week, I was just pretty much focused on my birthday. So I, I should have recorded the following week, but I was exhausted, y'all. Like, you know, on top of being the president of Hope's Kitchen Eateries Incorporated, you know, recording uh, music for the Singing Chef album coming out, um, which the Singing Chef EP is really more of an EP. The Singing Chef EP is scheduled to come out in a few months. Um, and it should be streaming on uh, Apple Music, Spotify. Um, I think title we're gonna do. Um, right now we are in the final recording process. We've picked out all of the um, all of the all of the the beats we want to use on the album. We've written all the songs. One of them I'm probably gonna do off the top of the head or on the same day as I record because I do like to record like that as part of my creative process. But um, the Singing Chef uh, EP is coming out very soon. So um, I'd like to focus more on the music aspect. And the uh, Rachel Joy endorsements is fully loaded. We have a food tour coming to uh, coming to um, New York City. So um, we should be touring Lagos NYC, um, Suited NYC. Um, we should be touring... Uh, Deandria, uh, it's a it's a little Italian bistro in the, I think the West Village. Um, we, we're touring different places, Empanada Mama, which I've already been to, but I've not included on a food tour. So um, we're definitely doing a food tour, and plus you know other places. But definitely we're going to be looking at those places. So you're going to be, uh, I'm going to have a videographer with me where we will be recording this, and we would eventually use this content on the Singing Chef uh, Hope's Kitchen Eateries TV. Um, which would be the TV network that I think I might've told you I got a TV deal a couple years ago that's on the table for whenever I'm ready. 
and I'm not ready because I want to batch content. So that is why the Chef Diaries podcast takes a break in the summertime because one, I am off for the summer and I like to enjoy my summer because I'm also in school, um, getting my backup degree in paralegal studies. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm just a busy bee, but I have it very scheduled. So in the summertime, no Chef Diaries and we focus on music and food tours and throughout the year, year round, we focus on consulting. So yeah, lots of good things are happening. Just just to tell you before we jump into the topic, um, and we finally have our own uh, spot on Google Maps. Um, we are an official listing. Hope's Kitchen Eateries now has uh, the websites. Um, I think we also have the um, a Facebook page. Now I, I put that back up. That's a long story with that, but I put that back up. And now we have a Facebook and Instagram marketplace shop. Um, so we have that and the website is, uh, fully loaded and, you know, it's kind of where everything pretty much comes from at that point, as far as descriptions go. And, um, let me see what else, uh, just lots of exciting things, um, have come about. Um, yes. I mean, uh, and like I said, the food tour, the food tour, um, that was something that I, I didn't know how I wanted to do the food critic thing I enjoy because I critique restaurants like for enjoyment <laughs> I've been doing that for years years like way before I became a chef um so I mean I decided why not you know do it professionally because people do uh do that professionally so I added that particular service uh, to be kind of to be flipped as media so that you guys can you know stream it so I am pretty much the, the black female guy fieri that's that's why I look at it that's what that's pretty much what the food tours are going to be like the black female version of Gafieri um specifically the Creole French Nigerian version of it so that's why we're going to places like Lagos NYC um for the Nigerian food um it's not tribe specific you're not going to see things like a, a goosey soup and pepper soup and catfish pepper soup and you know um you're not going to see things like Iforito sorry mixing up my my Ebo and my Spanish, um, Iforiro. I mean, I'm going to see things like that. You're going to see things like jollof rice and, uh, fried rice. Um, you're going to see, you're going to see, um, I want to say, uh, fried plantain, um, certain fish dishes. Um, you're going to see just, just general Nigerian dishes with that, but it's still, it's, I've heard great things about it. Um, suited NYC. I'm not a big coffee drinker, but I've heard that their coffee is A1 quality. So I'm going to be going over there to, to, to check out their desserts as well as their decaf options, just to kind of diversify for us non-caffeine lovers. Um, but pretty much if you have a uh, good decaf, typically you have good uh, caffeinated beverages as well. Um, you know, and DeAndrea, I, as soon as I saw tuna tartare on that menu and spoke with the waitress and the wait and the wait staff and did my research on DeAndre. I'm like, yeah, we gotta we gotta look at this because um, when I moved from Louisiana to New York, um, I was so amazed at the difference in pizza. Like pizza in Louisiana is trash.com. Like <laughs> I'm sorry. Trash.com.org.edu. Okay, so when I came to New York, um, I finally had a taste of levels of it too. Like taste of true Italian pizza and Italian American pizza and Italian American cuisine. And now I've gotten particular because, you know, typically I would go to your regular, you know, Italian American, you know, pizza, pizza deli or Italian American deli 
and uh, get some, maybe some ravioli or some eggplant parm or, you know, some regular pizza. But it's like now I'm just craving more of the authentic Italian. So that's more of what DeAndre is, that authentic Italian experience. Um, so we're, you know, because with Hope's Kitchen Eateries, we're really, you know, the core value of Hope's Kitchen Eateries as a whole is for diversity, equity, inclusion through education, exposure, and really just through education and exposure. So, not, and not only that, but, you know, nutrition, uh, nutrition and wellness. So diversity, equity, inclusion, and nutrition and wellness through culinary media, um, through these food tours, through, you know, articles that I probably write on my blog, through just different things. Um, so yeah, I'm so excited for the summer because I plan on not only working, um, but I also plan on doing lots of fun things in the water. I love the water, you guys. Like it's been my goal since, um, I don't want to say the whole pandemic because the beginning of the pandemic, I wanted to go to Splashdown Beach so bad in uh, Fishkill, New York, but you know, they were shut down for the beginning of the pandemic. And then last year it was just kind of sketch because for me at least, because um, I did not have, like, they weren't sketch, but it was just kind of, I would feel like kind of sketch because I didn't have the vaccine yet. And I was like, eh, you know, I didn't feel comfortable without the vaccine. And just, I don't know, I wanted to be fully, fully ready. Um, and even now I plan on getting my booster before going to Splashdown Beach. Um, as far as Orchard Beach or Coney Island, um, I feel prepared for that since I have my regular vaccine, but I will not be getting into a mixy matchy water park. <laughs> will not be doing that without no booster. Um, so those are things I plan on doing in the summer too, because you know, you gotta have fun. You gotta have fun. It is summer break, y'all. I'm so excited. So, all right, let's jump into the topic. We're at the uh, pretty much 10 minute mark here. Um, so let's talk about it. Juneteenth ice cream and KFC fire logs. What's going on? What's up, Walmart? What's up with that? <laughs> let's, like, it's, it's on everybody's mind. <laughs> Some people have been vocal about it. What's up with that, bruh? <laughs> like, first, I have a couple questions. There's, there's so many. Uh, uh, the diversity, equity, inclusion violations here and manipulations. Um, so I, you know, I've seen a couple of critiques and comments on, on, uh, on Walmart's stance on this whole Juneteenth ice cream thing. And not only the Juneteenth, Juneteenth ice cream, but also, uh, the, the the celebratory gear as a whole. I I, I saw some type of uh, I don't know if it was napkins or something that said it's the freedom for me, like to mock the black woman and the black race at the same time. That like it's almost like it's almost like you want you want to whip us on the back again, don't you? <laughs> it just, it just you want to do it so bad. You want to say the n word with the r real bad, now, don't you? That's that's what I got from it. I was like just the manipulation. I was like really that's. That's what we doing out here. So with the Juneteenth ice cream, um, you know, it was a comedian. Um, I won't say his name because I don't. I'm not gonna give him no clout uh, <laughs> on my on my uh, on my platform because I'm too much care for him like that. I think he's a, a hypocrite. But um, you know, he was talking about how this this is a problem of commercialization of a federal holiday, and you're pretty. He's pretty much saying that. Juneteenth, um, even though it is a federal holiday, that it shouldn't have been a federal holiday. Um, I'm all for reparations. Juneteenth becoming a federal holiday is reparations. That is, it's, it's definitely a step in the right direction. And I do not agree. I do not believe 
that uh, the commercialization of, uh, of a federal holiday is going to lead to uh, really hardcore microaggressions um, being commercialized for uh, phony POC allies. Because um, we all know the true POC allies are not going to participate in the It's the Freedom for Me napkins and the, you know, Juneteenth shirts. And I think it was a white woman modeling the Juneteenth shirt, which somebody argued, oh, well, it's really just a, a, a stock photo. And the white woman just didn't know what she was going to be wearing. I'm like, I don't care. Walmart made the decision to get a stock. That's even worse to get a stock photo of a white woman. You couldn't find no stock photo of a black woman to do that. You couldn't do that, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like again, a slap in the face, slap in the face. Like this, it's like we we got we got we got a beat up in the face with this one. And the major thing that um that that the comedian brought up in his uh, analysis, which I thought was interesting, was Walmart had trademarked. Um, the name Juneteenth for the Juneteenth ice cream. And that is what gets me. Because look, a lot of it is petty, like petty spaghetti for y'all to, you know, do the white woman with the Juneteenth shirt and it's the freedom for me. Okay, fine. I can get over that. What I have a problem with is when you're doing the real deal corporate stuff behind the scenes with trademarking a name that you did not invent for a holiday that you don't respect. That is what I have a problem with because that shows the very, it's not, I mean, we all, we all know the true nature of Walmart. I, I like literally, I never go to Walmart. The closest Walmart is in Fishkill from Poughkeepsie. Um, I, I go there rarely and it's usually if I'm trying to save money, um, on donations or something, I don't shop there for myself at all. Y'all know I'm an Adams girl, Adams Fair Acre Farms. Um, that's my go-to. Um, every blue moon, I might go to stop and shop, um, but I, I, I make a special effort to go to my home away from home, which is Adam Sherika Farm. So I don't be having these problems <laughs> with having to make the decision of, oh, well, should I get the Juneteenth ice cream or not? But for y'all, you know, who, you know, some people don't have a choice. I know when I lived in Louisiana, we didn't have uh, the privilege and the benefit of um, these specialized markets, these farm to table markets like we do in New York. And um, a lot of the time, people in the South have to shop at Walmart because that's pretty much all that's there. Um, and that's all they really have access to it. That's all they can really afford. Um, so I understand that this is very relevant to a large portion of the country. And someone brought up that the specific flavor of the Juneteenth ice cream, um, which I even think they were lazy with that. They basically did, I think, a red velvet center and I'm not sure if it was a vanilla outside, like it was a red velvet swirl, but then it, the actual, uh, the white part of the ice cream, I'm not sure if it was cheesecake or vanilla, but either way, someone suggested instead of purchasing the Juneteenth ice cream that uh, from Walmart, that they should boycott it and instead purchase the same exact flavor uh, from Creamalicious, which is a Black-owned brand at Walmart. And it also shed a light on the fact that there's not a lot of um, uh, Black-owned businesses that are uh, that are in Walmart. I mean, this is true, and I think that that should change. Um, but you have to look at it a little bit more realistic. First of all, Black people are currently 13% of the entire uh, country, you know, so there's that. And we are still, we are still getting our reparations and building our reparations within the corporate realm. 
Um, so, and we're also kind of not socialized or taught that we should pursue getting our products in Walmart. And then when you get to Walmart, I'm very certain there are definite glass ceilings that prevent black people from doing those types of things. So it's something to focus on, but it's also something to be a little realistic about because, you know, black people, we do not make up majority of the market. We are still a minority in this country. Um, that's not to say that we shouldn't try to, you know, that we shouldn't try to flood Walmart. Um, I believe that we should. I believe that we should try to flood Walmart. We should try to flood Target. We should try to flood, you know, really wherever we can get get in. I do believe that there are more Black-owned brands in, that have not sold themselves. That's something I've noticed. These very successful Black brands tend to sell their company to a white conglomerate. And I have an issue with that. Um, so I'm talking about the ones that have not sold out to the white conglomerate. They are usually at Target. So Target is actually more black people friendly. So that's a whole discussion. So if you could take what you like with that one too. If you if you really want to hit Walmart in in you know in the face, you know, go to Target instead and shop black owned because there's a lot more options. Because uh, you know, Walmart doesn't even treat their black employees correctly. So why should we expect them to uh be willing to open the door um for black owned businesses? Now, if someone believes that is, is believes that they are they sh- they can make the change, and a group gets together and they want to make a change in in Walmart's diversity, equity, inclusions policies, you would need a leader, and you would need uh, quite a few people that are supporting. You would need a systemic support system that could put the pressure on Walmart to make those changes. Then I would say yes, go and you know and and break down the doors and get your products in Walmart. But I look at, you know, I look at the common Walmart employees. I grew, I look, I, look, I come from St. Gabriel, Louisiana. So many of them people uh, that I went to school with or, you know, or that I've known um, from growing up have either worked in Walmart or Walmart was the social scene. Like, it's such a staple in the community um, for living in St. Gabriel and Baton Rouge. It's just a thing down there. And, um, you know, they don't treat their, their employees right. It's, it's really just, to me... Um, clear and total exploitation of the racial wealth gap um, when a black person works at Walmart because they are abused, they are disrespected, they are taken for granted, um, and they are forced to be into that job when they really deserve better. So I look at that like if that's how they treat their employees and they want, like Walmart is so like profitable that let's just say, okay, you try to, let's just, I'm not, I'm not advocating for shoplifting, but let's just say you, you try to get back at Walmart and you, you say, I'm a steal from Walmart because they, they hurt my community. Walmart is actually not, I mean, on some level, there's going to be shrinkage in, in inventory, but as a whole, as a conglomerate, as a conglomerate, um, you know, as a corporate entity, they will, they will not, I repeat, they will not be affected. Um, you will be the one that be affected and you will be the one that goes to jail. That is how wealthy and powerful uh, Walmart is. And that is why it is so disrespectful um, for them to trademark Juneteenth. Because it's like that. It's so many things. It's greedy. It's angry. It shows the true lily white KKK nature (laughs) of of Walmart. And I'm like further disgusted um, with them and the Walton family. (laughs) You know, it's like, wow, bruh. Um, So like I said, if you really... 
you, I, I suggest you, you start to develop a disgust with Walmart and stop thinking Target is bougie. I can't even stand the word bougie because black folks be saying bougie. Where y'all be getting that from? You know what you're really saying? You're really saying that black folks do not deserve high quality, that in order to be black, you must be poor, you must be ghetto, you must be uneducated, you must not, uh, and anything above that, you have to be labeled something because it is not black. That is a lie. That is literally a manipulation of the oppressor, period. Period, 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 period. You get upset, oh, well, I don't care. (laughs) So stop calling Target bougie. You deserve Target. You deserve the the food and the clothing. They got some nice clothes up in Target. They got some nice, you know, you get some old faith. I have a bedside fan that I go to sleep with every single night that blows, that blows wind on me. Just, it just caresses my face with wind. You know, I don't care if I have the air conditioner on. I'm going to have that fan on my face too because it's so relaxing. Got that from Target. It's, it's a Honeywell fan and it's, it's been Old Faithful for years. Yeah, if I ever need something, a staple Old Faithful that I don't have to spend a fortune on, I go to Target. In fact, I exclusively shop at Target for all of my, um, what is it called? All of my cleaning products. Like I love their dish soaps. I love their uh, their plant based, uh, which I was, I don't brag on the plant based part because it's industrial corn that it's made out of, and not you know actual genuine plants. Um, that's a whole different thing that I've discussed in earlier episodes. But um, yeah, I just love their 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 cleaning sprays, and I love I just love I love Target culture and Target products, you know. And even though I go to Adams, like let's just say if push come to shove, and let's say we hit another recession. I'd probably go to Target, you know what I'm saying? Because and then, and then the customer service is so nice, and you know, there's long lines, but still, it's like the, the cashiers are so helpful. You know, it's just it's just it's just nice, you know. So if you're mad with with Target, if you're mad at the Juneteenth ice, ice cream situation, you got two options: you can buy Cream Malicious and put money in their pocket and help to add to their revenue and close the racial wealth gap in their family, which will trickle over to their community, which will trickle over to the black race as a whole and give us more power. Um, or you can, um, what you call it? You can go shop at Target and shop a, a bigger option, a bigger selection of black owned brands. Um, and that's about it with that one. Um, as far as the KFC fire log, look, I'm, at, I'm about to actually look this up real quick because I was surprised at this one. Um, I didn't know this even existed. See, this is why Twitter is so valuable. Because, see, these companies are doing stuff on the low, and you don't even be knowing, bro. <laughs> so, it, you know, it. So KFC, you know, Kentucky Fried Chicken for you know for y'all who maybe don't know. I don't know. Maybe you're new to the country. I don't know. And um, it's rumored, and it's probably true that KFC got their famous eleven herbs and spices for their chicken, and pretty much their chicken recipe from black folks back in the time where uh, either slavery or in the time post-slavery where there was servitude, um, you know, and, and they had black servants. Um, Cause you know, there was like mammies and uncles and then they had a period of time where they just had the the people working, the women work in the house, the black women work in the house to help. Um, so basically, I'm not sure which time period, but it came from a black person in that type of setup. And they took it and they trademarked it Again, there goes that trademarked it, abusing their power basically, um, and you, they made just a multi-million-dollar, if not billion-dollar fortune off of this recipe. Now, apparently, now I'm looking at this. It says a fried chicken-scented fire log. 
I got a couple things here. First of all, that's ghetto. That's ghetto, bruh. I'm not, nope. Y'all get mad. Oh, well, that's ghetto, bruh. Because why would I put a fire log in my house or even I'm on vacation? Let's say, let's say I'm in Colorado somewhere and I'm, and I'm skiing or something and I get, I, and I want to light uh, the fireplace and I give me a KFC fried chicken scented fire log. Even if I was white, that would still be ghetto. That, I'm sorry. Why would I want to my house to smell like the 11 herbs and spices of fried chicken? Why? Like, <laughs> who thought of this? Like, not only is this so blatantly disrespectful to the to the family of the of where they stole that recipe from, but it's just also stupid. Like, why? It's just greedy. <laughs> like, I've seen Taco Bell do some greedy stuff, but this, this takes the cake. I have not... I have not seen this before, but I, you know, just when I, just when I thought they, they couldn't get no slimier. Now they got a little, a little more slimy. Um, let's see what else here. It says, uh, do is oh, that's something in French. Oh, they, oh, they got all the, oh, they got, they got the, they got French instructions on here. And then they, okay. It's, it's by Enviro Log. That's the, uh, the manufacturer of it that that's using KFC's, uh, smell and the spices. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure where this is sold. I'm looking at it. It looks like it is sold in some type of big box store, um, from the picture that I'm looking at. Um, I wish that I could show you all this picture. I have, I mean, let me see. It says the 2021 edition. Were there other editions? <laughs> How long has this been going on? <laughs> like, it's so ridiculous. I gotta laugh. I'm like, hold up. How, bro? Like, how you... How you, how, why, when? Like, I just have so many questions. It's just like, this one is not only uh, uh, disrespectful through the trademarking, because here's the thing, with the trademarking, it comes down to an abuse of power. See, for me, I did not get power as a chef until I moved to New York. And when I got power, I didn't know what to do with it. I was slinging that power left and right. And I, I was destroying folk with my power. <laughs> I really was. And I didn't even know until years later. And I'd be like, and I looked up, somebody told me, yeah, you, you had corporate power and you basically destroyed their livelihood. And I was like, oh, my bad. <laughs> but that's, I mean, on one hand, I felt justified doing that. I'm like, well, I'm a black woman. Look all what all these white folks done did, done did to me. If not a black woman, I'm a woman in general. So look what these men have done to me with the patriarchy. At the end of the day, it's a boy, and I'm gonna wrap the, the episode up with this lightness. It, it, I'm sorry, I'm saying lightness. Light, no, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. So if I have corporate power and us as a black race are starting to, uh, uh, to when I'm starting, we have the power. We've had power for quite a while. I had a discussion with somebody recently um, about how, you know, I'm the first person out of Jim Crow in my family. Everybody in my family was born in Jim Crow or slavery, one or the other. And um, I'm the first one outside of Jim Crow, my immediate bloodline. If, 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 on my mom's side, my dad is obviously from Africa, so he didn't even, he wasn't even in that category. Um, but yeah, it's, it's crazy because we, to say that, you know, just 50 years ago, they, or sorry, 60, probably 60, I don't know how many years, 50, 60 years ago, um, MLK was around 60 years, he was assassinated. 
And, um, you know, we thought we were never going to, or I don't say never, but, but we thought this, that was going to really be a setback, you know? And then, you know, the white man, he starts introducing gangster rap and all these, you know, all this propaganda into the black community and putting crack in the black community, all this attack all this recruitment on attack on the black community. And now in 2022, black women are the leading entrepreneurial group. We are the most educated group. Um, You know, the black race has gained so much political power. We have obviously had a black president serve two terms. Um, We have a black uh, vice president currently in office. Um, We, you know, Georgia, you know, surprisingly in the South, they have a black uh, senator, um, hopefully about to get a black governor. Um, that is a shock to me <laughs> for a Southern state, but that's just, that's just as a whole, as a black race, what we have done. Um, it trickles down to even the, 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 the less open-minded parts of the country because the black race as a whole, um, has gotten so much power. So, you know, as I just want to give y'all this nugget to take away as part of the season finale, we have gained so much power and as, as a whole, as a race, as a black race, but in the food industry, we have a lot of power that we don't necessarily use. So I would say learn from each other. Um, I, one of my favorite books that I just recently finished was Unapologetically Ambitious by Shelley Archambault. Um, I would suggest y'all read that and you will truly just kind of open your mind up to different things that are available. Um, but don't be like the white man. Don't abuse your power. Um, cause that's all they really doing with the Juneteenth ice cream and the KFC logs and who knows whatever else propaganda Because all it is propaganda. Um, shoot for freedom, freedom for your mind, freedom for your body and freedom for your spirit. All right. I love you guys so much. This is season one. All right. I'm gonna see y'all in October for season two. Bye.